to Trek Canyon. This is episode 325. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to discuss Star Trek Prodigy's first season episodes, Starstruck and Dreamcatcher. Starstruck Season 1, Episode 3, original release date November 4th, 2021, directed by Alan Wan, written by Chad Quant. Janeway, under the assumption that the colony escapists are Starfleet cadets, begins to train them on how to operate the Protostar and explains to them the purpose of the Federation and Starfleet. While Zero, Giacomo, Rokatan, and Murph are eager to join the Federation, Dal, who has appointed himself captain of the ship, dismisses Janeway. I'm Catherine Janeway, your training advisor. I'm a hologram based on one of the most decorated captains in Starfleet history programmed to assist the Protostar's crew on their journey back to Federation space. She's hideous. Why is her forehead so smooth? You're no summer peach either, Tellerite. (laughs) Jacob Pog likes her. What's a Fredder? Federation? What Starfleet crew doesn't know the Federation? Where's your captain? Right here. I am the captain. And I order you to return us to Tarzan. Lord, forgive her. She's delirious. Her brain sick with space flu. All right, starstruck. I like how uh, Mulgrew is like Janeway immediately. How long has it been since she? I mean, we yeah, we she had like a couple of lines at the end of the previous episode, but this is the first time you know we've really got the character of Janeway hologram. But it's been two decades or more, right, since she's played this yep. character, and yep. she is. Captain Janeway immediately. And it's great. It's so great. You know, uh, I listened to a couple other, a couple of Star Trek podcasts. And on one of them, especially after Prodigy was canceled, they were being a little cynical and saying, it's no wonder the ratings weren't good. Like the kids really, the kids are all really hoping they can see Janeway. And uh, I'm like, well, I mean, I think that's unfair because I don't think they put Janeway in this show to get kids to want to see it. That wasn't their, you know, the, no. there's other things that is what's targeting kids. The Janeway part in this is for us. <laughs> uh, but it works because I think she, I think she's great. And I mean, obviously I like the character of Janeway, uh, but Mulgrew is Janeway immediately. And it's a pleasant surprise. You know, it's neat. It's fun. But uh, Adam, once you get us going on Star Trek. I mean, I agree. I I think it's cool that she's like, you know, the first couple of seasons, Janeway with the, the tight bun and everything like that. So it's um, really takes you back over there. So just agreement on that. So we're jumping into the second episode here um, or the third one, however you want to look at it. You know, the first two episodes, we're setting up the story and what's going on. And here we're jumping into it's kind of a familiar territory with Star Trek. It's a familiar narrative for any brand new series. Um you know, they're, they're thrown into um, immediate dilemma. You know, Janeway, in this episode, you know, she's explaining Starfleet, um, you know, the Federation, and most, like 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 I said in the synopsis, everybody's pretty much on board but Dell because he wants to do his own thing. So he's appointed himself captain, and he doesn't do what Janeway is suggesting, and, you know, they get trapped in this, you know, gravity well of this um, star. And, you know, and it's a... <laughs> Everybody seems okay with him being like appointing himself captain actually yeah. it's an interesting little thing uh, yep okay just, yeah, so right, that, okay. yeah so i mean yeah so immediately we're, we're thrown into a kind of a team building episode where they all eventually have to 
work together to get out of this dilemma, which is primarily what, you know, what's, what Starfleet's about. It's kind of, you know, Janeway sets it up like this is what Starfleet's about. And then the episode kind of de- demonstrates it in real terms, um, what it's about and how it's supposed to work with these, with these, these group of, um, you know, misfits, if you will. So yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I mean, yeah, it had familiar themes and, you know, they, and they keep it simple. Like I said, this show is designed for kids. It doesn't get too, at this point it hasn't gotten too complex. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think they keep it simple, but I would say that like some of the other recent series we've talked about, it's, it's better on the second viewing for all the wrong reasons. Like you can understand it. I mean, I think this, I've always found this series to be interesting, but a lot of times the plot gets to be a bit convoluted. I have trouble following what's all happening and why. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I like what I'm seeing, but it's um there are as we i think the more it gets, goes down the line the more it feels like there's a bit of, of some kind of stretches in terms of why the motivations of why they're doing things and it seems a little convoluted especially a show targeting young people but overall i think this episode checks all the boxes for kind of the follow-up to a pilot it just feels like that kind of episode where everyone's involved we learn about the characters we learn about the dynamics they're having to learn what's going on and you know so on and so forth so uh that's good and and it and it's um you know that's what's you need to have um in an episode following a pilot episode you have to have everyone involved to some extent and you have to have it be some some kind of something that's not absolutely dire but something that progresses the characters enough so you understand what's going on and what what it's going to be about going forward well it sounds like i might have liked these episodes more than you guys um i mean i i definitely i mean i was ne- a little negative probably um two weeks ago when we discussed the first two episodes the pilot i i don't i don't really love those but i i really enjoy these two especially this one of these of today's two episodes i like star trek more but i like them both i think they're pretty so I'm a little bit opposite, Brian. Pretty I, solid for. I like the, the second episode better than this one. Yeah, well, I think they're pretty good for for what they're trying to do, and and we'll get into what it's about later. But as far as like both of these episodes, I think are very clearly being trying to be about something, which I really couldn't say about the pilot two weeks ago. But there's there's to me for me, for me there's a lot of fun stuff in here. Um, I I enjoyed the little like introduction to Starfleet and the Federation. It, you know, it reminded me, uh, the first JJ movie, there's like a line that they gave Pike off screen. It was obviously ADR because it didn't match the rest of his lines in the scene, the, the bar scene. There's like, a, it's like sw- he's like, sounds like this. And then it switches to a back, his back. And then he sounds like this. And it's, uh, you understand what the Federation is, right? Starfleet is, right? It's a piece, ca- you know, and it's like, oh, they just chucked that line in there. But it's, it always felt so clumsy. But here, uh, they ask Janeway, what is Starfleet, what is Federation? And she explains it wonderfully and clearly. And if I was a kid, I think I would I would understand it. I do think that was smart, how they handled that, because it was a way to catch everybody up in case you have no exposure <laughs> to Trek or very yeah. little. And, and I think I think they handled that well, yes. But it's the kind of thing, I mean, not to poop on the pilot some more, but it really made me feel like the pilot was a kind of a disservice because I could, if somebody that would, that doesn't know Star Trek and would watch this episode, Starstruck and, and be like, I think I could get into this. I think I would enjoy this. 
I'm not sure that those that person is going to get here if they they might give up on the show after the pilot, which is what happened to my to my son and my fiance. They both dropped out after the pilot, but I think they would have liked it if they just watched this one because this is what the show is, right? This is Star Trek. Kind of like Discovery in that regard. I mean, in a different way, but how the pi- the the pilot episode yeah. has nothing to do with the rest so of the series. Different. It's just yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a precursor that federation starfleet speech isn't the only instance there's other stuff like when when janeway in the in the she is explaining how the replicators work and then from that same bit you get about uh well the economics of the future are somewhat different you get that 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 bit the bit about uh it's free there's so there's stuff like that that i think is is fun set up and star trek explaining stuff but it's all still done in in the service of the story it doesn't feel like like uh, like uh, fluffy expository stuff that you could cut out. I mean, these characters are learning about Starfleet. They don't know, and this that's the kind of stuff that I that I enjoyed. I was gonna wonder. I was, I was just thinking in my head. I mean, do you think it would have been better served if they just did the backstory an episode or two in, or did it more throughout the series? Maybe kind of start them off in a. I don't know. I was. If it would have served it better. I mean, if it, if the pilot was instead a flashback later, at least we'd know who the characters are. But it still right. feels so different. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I just uh, I just didn't. The pilot just didn't click for me for those kinds of reasons. Another but. thing I was going to say. I mean, um, and I think I mentioned it in the last podcast we did. Is like I love this ship. I love the way they have it designed. Yeah. On the bridge, it, it feels almost like a um, um, a, a sail a sailing ship. Cause it's wide open mm-hmm. in yeah. space. So I love the design that, that with the ship and the, the, the way they've handled, you know, putting it, it's, you know, it's still, it's still a Starfleet starship. It has all the familiarity that we are, we're all accustomed to, but it's, um, it's, it's unique. And I think they did a fine job designing. Yeah. I ship. like how design related, like the interior is to the exterior. I don't always feel that way about, I mean, a good Starfleet ship, a good, a good, Trek ship, that's true, but I, I don't always feel that way. And here I really do. Like the the lines and stuff, it, it all matches both, you know, the interior and the bridge and stuff. And I also like how it, it's it seems to be a, in, a, in an indirect way, perhaps a, a successor to Voyager. I mean, because I mean, for those of us who've been on the ride the whole time, and you know, it's about Kate Mulgrew being on this, because it's taking place in a far flung part of the galaxy, and it's a ship that's kind of this un- something unusual, and it's that kind of those kind of lines and streamlined that way. It it feels like an you know, and as we progress throughout through this series, we're going to see more of these references to Voyager, but it that makes it kind of like indirectly feel like it's a successor to it and a sequel to it in some some strange way and then the next episode we see the cells go down when they um, we'll get into that in the next episode when, the, when they activate the protostar right right i I, re- I enjoyed that action scene um the vehicle replicator yeah I don't know how I feel about the vehicle replicator i I mean I guess it makes sense it seems like something you would get to eventually but it would be good for a ship that what it's doing it's out in the middle of nowhere yeah, that's where it can supply but itself and the vehicle replicator itself yes or no i don't know we can discuss but the, the action scene that takes place like the, the like combat fight scene in between in, during the ship construction that was really neat and i don't remember seeing that scene in star trek before which mm-hmm, right can't right. say that very there have been a lot of episodes of star trek it's, it's hard to do anything kind of new and that felt pretty unique i really i really enjoyed that 
I mean, it was it was a bit contrived to get those two to fight. Uh, I think you can certainly make that argument, but I, that's that scene was cool. We get a lot of character bits. Um, everybody gets a chance to kind of react to the situation the way that they would react. But the most interesting to me is Dahl and the way Dal. I keep saying his name wrong. Dal and the way that he's very quick to you know fly toward the <laughs> fly toward the sun and then and when it seems like there's danger is imminent he just shuts off Janeway just assuming they're going to figure it out and you know not die it feels foolish and foolhardy but it feels like intentionally so so his character has somewhere to you know grow to from the um science nerdy side of me and I've mentioned this with I think all the way back to beginning with discovery it's really cool that they're taking you know you go back and you watch next gen or even the original series you know most of the things that they ran into scientifically or astronomically they were mostly theoretical or weren't really fully designed it's neat to see them applying you know the discoveries that are made every day in astrophysics to the new shows and it just kind of really adds i mean and star trek's always been good with being up to date on you know the, the, the most modern and updated science so you know the the star and the that's being so it was it was really cool to see him so yeah the, like the dying kind of stars in you know extreme uh gravity the gravity well and all that actually that was my the, the line that made me laugh out loud i think i said this last time too zero i think zero is my favorite character but she she makes me laugh her line in this one was something like, a dying star what an exciting way to meet our doom <laughs> I mean, you, you couldn't see that in the original series because they had no idea what those things were. So, I mean, you know, a lot of cases in the original series, you know, yeah. you just kind of got a weird shaped planet or something. You know, they were just going off what they currently knew. So, What is this episode about? I think Steve and I touched on it a little bit early on in our early talk about the episode. I mean, this is, I, I think this is a really solid episode, second episode after the pilot. I mean, it does, Steve said it checks all the boxes. It you know, we learn a little bit of everything about the character, and I, I think in the end, you know, it's about what Janeway described in the beginning about what the Federation and what Starfleet is, and like, um, I think what we've discussed is that kind of gets shown through all the characters in this episode coming to the end. You know, it's a, it's, it's yeah, it's just it's a really good setup episode for all these characters to to move into to the series yeah i feel i feel it's like a it's an opportunity to learn for them it's like it's like she's you know at the end she's talking about nudging you in the right direction we've only just begun you know it's it's that kind of process of doing something new and uh, making mistakes you know but and being uh, you know knowing when and being okay to ask for help I yes think, you know it, it, you hit that point where dial has to ask jane way to right nudge them yeah Exactly. So I, I think it's that, and it, and it, which is an, it's a natural story to tell when you have a, a crew, quote unquote, crew of young people um, with a, a mentor, a virtual mentor, as it was. But, you know, I, I think it's, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a solid uh, follow up episode to the pilot. So let's do six degrees for Starstruck. No guest cast today, so couldn't really do. <laughs> Normal, but I got I got I got something here. I got a little bit. Adam D. Bradley Baker provides the voice of Murph. What Star Wars character is he best known for voicing? Animated character. I have no clue. Would it help if I said what Star Wars characters is he best known for voicing? I honestly have no idea. About oh my voice gosh! Actors. Oh my gosh! 
I think this is one where our listeners are screaming into the radio. Probably. Steve? I'm afraid I'm oh my not gosh, well you versed guys. in this oh. area. Yeah. He's the he's the clone troopers. Oh. In the anim, in in the Clone Wars and and he plays every different character in the Bad Batch. It's amazing because every he's playing the same the cloned people, but every one of them is some personality is unique enough that even though they sound the same, you immediately know which character it is because he's he's that great. Yeah, yeah he's the clone troopers, all of them. Yeah, and Murph, and Murph. That's right. All right, no points. Moving on. <laughs> Dreamcatcher Season 1, Episode 4, original release date, November 11th, 2021, directed by Steve Ahn and Sung Shin, written by Lisa Schultz Boyd. Dal and the crew find an M-Class planet, and Janeway convinces them to land the protostar on the surface to investigate. On the planet, the crew splits up alone, and each going in their own separate ways. On the protostar, Gwen escapes captivity and takes control of the ship, and Janeway. Can you believe this place? I could stay here forever. Couldn't you? Janeway said she can't leave the ship. <laughs> you're too smart for your own good. If you're not Janeway, then who are you? Consider me a representative. I was told there's no intelligent life here. Life is everywhere. We have the ability to see what you want and give it to you. All right, Steve, kick us off on Dreamcatcher. So uh, on a personal note, this is the first episode I watched with my daughter. She kind of just wandered in when I was watching this and taking notes, and now she wants to watch all of these. So this Now is she's first terrified series. of Janeway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some scary moments, but uh, yeah, so it's fun. So this is the first series I'm watching. My daughter's seven, and uh, we're watching this together. And we caught I caught her up after she came in on this one. Um, that, so that is so awesome. I don't want to skip over it. That is great. I'm, I love yeah, her. yeah. It, it's fun. I'm pleased. I mean, she is. She. It's not the first Trek she's seen, but it's the first Trek she remembers seeing because I think when she was quite young, I probably threw in Trouble with Tribbles or something, you know, or whatever at some point. But anyway, so so regarding the episode, I mean, this is kind of the ki- a kind of thing we've seen before, right? I mean, this is one of these things are not what they seem on a planet. Um, there's something entity on the planet wanting to keep them there, something making people hallucinate, this kind of thing. We've seen this. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, but it's another moment in a, in a, in a series whereby you have this kind of, you, you have to have the first, the first this, the first that, well, this is the first a landing party, the first away mission, and so forth. They do this uh, thing where they build one of these uh, stupid Land Rover things. Uh, the first, uh, first fart joke. Yes, yes. Every truck has to have that, and uh, and so they're down there. We we learn a little bit about the characters through this kind of thing in terms of, you know, they hallucinate things they desire. So that is one of these. Uh, character building things, which th- it's it's a good thing to put early on in a series. We've seen that in a number of a uh, number of different Trek shows. In terms of you do one of these kind of things where it may be a, something of a bottle episode or something of a 
you know, contained story, but you get some character moments because you get some uh, insight into their inner thoughts and whatnot. So uh, that was a good move in terms of that. But otherwise, it's it's kind of it's kind of something we've seen before. Um, and they they do they do kind of it is it is a bit scary. They do they replace on some tropes we've seen in terms of people changing personalities, unpredictable. Uh, you know, things are not what they seem. And 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 this is an example of uh, where it didn't really work out. Where we're we're viewing two episodes that work well together because this one does have a cliffhanger that we don't know what happens to everybody um, until the next episode because it kind of just ends and they're stranded. So. Um, Anyway, get some continuity going on and not just, you know, standalone episodes in that way. Yeah, Adam, your first thoughts? Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with Steve there. I mean, yeah, this is... Wait, a, a, a reminder that this is the first time you've seen these episodes at all? Yes, this is the first yeah. time I've seen these episodes. I have, I did watch the next episode. Steve did mention that, um, you know, it does clip in oh. and I'm like, <laughs> you know what, screw it. I'm just going to watch the next episode, figure out what's happened. So I, I, do, I, I do know what's going on. Um, throughout this whole, I mean, it's, it's really like a two-parter. I mean, you could almost say this is, these next two episodes are, are one, but I mean, they are separate enough that, you know, they have their own distinctiveness. Um, in a lot of ways, I mean, this episode, you know, this, this is kind of a continuation of what we were talking about in, in Starstruck. I mean, you know, obviously in Starstruck, you know, they went through their whole first mission and they kind of learned each other and they kind of just started to kind of start working together. And this kind of builds on that. So obviously in the beginning of the episode, um, Janeway is showing them how to more and more how to use the ship, how to become familiar with the systems. They're learning how to, you know, chart courses they're, and, and all these kinds of things. And obviously, you know, in Janeway, like she did in the last episode, she explains to them what Starfleet is, you know, and it took Dell some convincing to get him to go down to the planet. But once he realized he could be down there by himself, he was all for it. But I mean, it was. So it's kind of a classic Star Trek episode, like Steve was mentioning, you know, going the first landing party going down on the planet and encountering a completely unusual life form. And I think they did a good job, like explaining that this planet is just kind of one life form that feeds off of it. So that's, I think that's a, a little bit unique. I mean, obviously we've, we've seen these themes before, so I like that <clears throat> going into it. And then in this episode, in this, you know, we get a little bit more from Gwen. This has a little bit more Gwen, obviously, in the, in the second part of this episode, it, we get more from her. And that's what kind of just brings, you know, it's just more, I hate to say, you know, more team building, bringing these, all these, all these new characters together. They're building this chemistry, this crew that we've seen, you know, throughout Star Trek history, like of these great crews. Sometimes it takes a minute to bring them together. And, you know, and it's kind of similar. It's kind of, it's funny you mentioned, you know, this is Voyager. Because in Voyager, it took several episodes. It took a season to bring that crew together because it was so unusual. I like the uh, I like the bit with um, so if these whatever they are the the planet or whatever it is uh, is showing them what they want. Um, we we get to see we learn about the characters by getting to see what they want. Uh, and of course, Zero being the most interesting character for me, hers is the most. I don't know not specific like Dal wants to see his mystery parents and rock what's rock talk is that her name she she just wants people to be nice to her i think like with the little cute creatures gwen wants her the diviner to show her affection or love i think but 
oh, and Pog just wants food, but um, Zero wants, like, I don't know, it's like mystery or meaning. I forget her line, but she's looking at, like, so mysterious. What does it mean? And But, like, that's, like, the way she says it is, like, exciting her, the that unknown thing. Um, <laughs> so it's it's way less specific than anybody else, but it's all, it's way more interesting. <laughs> right, right. So viewing the, so having viewed this for the first time when um, when Zero did come across the protostar, it you know, I hadn't seen the end of the episode. I wasn't sure if she'd actually if they were messing with time or the planet actually ate the ate the protostar because towards the end of this episode it's a cliffhanger. You don't really know. I mean, you see the protostars being enveloped by the by the planet and that kind of thing. So I was it was it was a little bit of a mystery there. I wasn't sure if she was actually seeing something that she was hmm. fantasizing or if that was actually something that actually was the protostar and there's some sort of time warp mess thing going on here. So. I think one thing I'd comment on is that and I know it's very early in the in this series, but um the 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 primary the main character doll with his um being kind of, I don't know, he's, he has an arrogance and kind of a mean streak more in this episode than he did in the last one. It's interesting. I mentioned early on, I was watching this with my daughter, you know, very young, you know, but immediately when that stuff was going on, it's like, well, he's mean now, you know, watching this and stuff. And and, and it is, I, I thought that too. It's kind of like all of a sudden I, I relate less to him. You know, I think this episode and some of the ways they characterized him made him less appealing in terms of you want to root for him or you know if you're being jerked everybody all the time you don't you know you don't really want to want to hang out for the ride or whatever right but um i thought i thought they want to give him somewhere to go but you can't go so far that people start to act like actively dislike him right right. from there i think that gets corrected pretty quickly in the next episode yeah yeah I like there was a the the line that made me laugh in this one was not a zero line it was a doll line M class we all deserve A class planets <laughs> <laughs> a line that is only funny to us Star Trek nerds but it was, it was funny but that's kind of like yeah okay well people that like Star Trek wrote that line yeah uh, I I appreciate that their Dune buggy is slightly cooler than the Argo. Actually, more accurately, it is slightly less awful than the Argo, but only the tiniest bit. It wouldn't take much. I mean, I think I see vehicles going up and down our road outside here <laughs> that, that meet that threshold. Since they have a way to rebuild it, I kind of feel like we're going to see it again, but you guys would know better. Gwen's, we found a Gwen's little weapon thing is way more advanced than we thought she can like summon it with her mind and for it to ooze through the ship uh, and and find her and then do whatever she wants it to do which is destroy the thing so she can be freed from the brig which raises questions as to why why didn't you do that earlier but yeah well she's still a conflicted character at this point yeah i mean i remember i remember in the um the pilot you know you could see the you know the doubt in her and what what's going on with her her dad and you know, you can see that confliction, you know, and it obviously goes to an, ext- an extreme in this episode to one side, but then it comes back again. She's a very complex character, which is good why they paired her up with uh, Murph, also a very complex character. Right. What is this episode about? Can you truly believe what you see? And there's kind of these themes in here. Can you believe what you see out of Gwen? I mean, is this the character that she really is? Okay, obviously, you know, she escapes. 
she kind of ruthlessly takes over the protostar. And if it wasn't for this life form on the planet, she really would have left them there. But is that really her? So, I mean, you know, and that's the themes on the planet. The planet is trying to, to trick, trick the crew from the outside. Whereas on Gwen, she's being tricked from, you know, her own inside emotional stuff. Those are kind of some of the themes I took, took from it. And that kind of <clears throat> these things carry over into the next episode as well. Yeah, I think as we talked, we've kind of seen this kind of thing before, but I think I think a lot of it's about what insight you can gain from uh, personality and from values and morals uh, when faced with temptation, when faced with the offer of what you desire um, and trying to uh, reckon the notions of um, logic and emotion and you know your senses and so forth when when things are in question well to an, to a lesser extent there's there's also the sense of we're stronger together we see we see all the the away team if you want to call it that immediately break up and everybody's individual and then now they're all in trouble and then they don't start to get out of trouble until they start to regroup you know um, yep yep all right let's do six degrees for dream catcher steve John Noble plays the Diviner. He is best known as a character in which Lord of the Rings film? And bonus points if you can name the character. Oh, geez. It's another one I thought... I was originally just going to ask the character because I'm like, this is way too easy. It's just been too long since I've... Uh, you went, yeah. You didn't watch the when they gave us the 4K versions? What was that, 2020, 2021? Hmm. I, they got my money, but I don't know that I watched them. Uh, <laughs> the Return of the King. Yes. But okay, do you cool. know the character for the extra points? <laughs> uh, no. Denethor. Okay. All right. I could watch this again. Yeah, he's got that's that great scene where there's like the close-ups of him eating the like the gluttonous, like he's, like he's eating as he sends his son off to die. Oh, yeah. Pointless battle. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There was in French. Yeah, he's he's good. good. And then, oh, of course, remember his final scene the running the fire off the white tree off the cliff. And anyway, it's good. I haven't, I haven't seen the, the original three in a while either. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed these a lot more, especially uh, Starstruck. Um, but it's because, you know, two weeks ago we were talking about a couple episodes that maybe didn't, they didn't really, you know, the stuff that I love in Star Trek, they weren't so much in that episode, the, the pilot, but they were here, especially Star Trek, but they were here in both of these, and this is going to feel like that from now on. So I'm, I enjoyed I enjoyed these episodes. Uh, I really did. It's nice to have a something shorter to watch, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one bit of news, uh, it's sad news. I'm sure you guys heard about Manny Cotto. Yeah. Really sucks. He was only 62. Mm-hmm. listeners recall that he was a producer and writer on Enterprise Season 3, but he was the showrunner for Enterprise Season 4, the season we all love with all those great two and three episode arcs. I also was a fan of his from 24. I love 24. <laughs> it's one of the, gosh, I can count on one hand the number of shows that are not Star Trek that I've rewatched in my life. And 24 is one of them, start to finish. I watched that show <laughs> like three times. Uh, and he was a big part of that show, especially the later seasons. And 
he was great. He was awesome. And I've listened to lots of interviews with him over the years. And he, he was obviously an actual Star Trek fan before he was ever on Star Trek. And he's always seemed kind and gracious. And uh, it sucks that he, you know, that he's left this world uh, so young, but he's left all this, this, this great entertainment that we're all going to enjoy for the rest of our lives. So just wanted to take a min- moment to mention Manny. Uh, no end in sight for the strikes. So it's pretty clear that... Uh, Oh, but it's pretty clear that Strange and World Season 3 will be super massively delayed. Maybe we won't even get it in um, 2024 now. But I did see somebody somebody was do, did some reporting that, that said they have already shot the extra bits that are going at the tail of the final episode of Discovery's final yeah, season. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. What I haven't heard, though, is this: the SAG strike says you can't do ADR. So if they haven't actually, if they haven't already done the ADR for the final season of Discovery, which maybe they have because it was delayed so late in its post-production cycle that maybe they've, you know, maybe it, they've done all the ADR. But if they haven't already done the ADR, then surely that that would mean this season would have to be delayed. Um, they have chatbot do it or something. <laughs> all right. Well, we did get an email this week from Matthew D. I just wanted to read. Longtime listener of your show, and I agree with your anger at Paramount CBS regarding the removal of the show. Goes on to praise Strange New Worlds. As to Prodigy, does it not feel like something Saban came up with, minus the constant morphing or calling on the Zords, not trying to deprecate the show, just reminiscing of a time several years ago? Thank you for sending that in. Uh, I like this. I just, I just like this idea of like a, like the you know Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Star Trek version. That actually sounds pretty awesome to me. <laughs> uh, you guys have any thoughts on that? I, I have a funny story. Um, okay. I completely forgot, but it wasn't on Paramount this, for these last two episodes. I'm on the Paramount app going, what the hell is it? I mean, it should be up on the – I just, um, seriously, I spent way too long looking for it on it before I realized. I'm like, oh, yeah, they took it off. That's on iTunes. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least they have officially uh, given us the like home video release date for those second ten episodes, but we've still not heard anything about about season two uh, getting picked up anywhere. But uh, Matthew, thank you so much for writing in. We really appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. And uh, we're with you, hundred percent. All right, uh, you can you can choose to send us an email too. TrekCompanion at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter at TrekCompanion. And thank you so much for spending a half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.